Welcome to the Counter Vortex with your ranter, Bill Weinberg. Ranting at you in the wee hours of December 29th, 2023. As always, from my apartment on Manhattan's Lower East Side. Which, fortunately, is not under aerial bombardment. Unlike Gaza, unlike Kiev and Kharkiv, and unlike the mountains of northeast Burma, Amnesty International issued a report December 21st accusing Burma's military junta of war crimes in its response to a new offensive by ethnic rebel armies, particularly in northeast Shan state. Amnesty says that the junta used internationally banned cluster munitions in an airstrike in Shan State earlier this month, among other wide-scale and indiscriminate attacks that have led to civilian casualties. There has been a string of deadly junta airstrikes in northern Burma this year, mostly targeting rebel-held villages. And it is a testament to how deeply fucked everything is on this planet, that Burma has been almost entirely pushed from the headlines by the even greater atrocities being carried out by Israel in Gaza. But I think some useful insights can be gained from a comparison of the two situations especially concerning the role of the great powers. So, if you've been following Gaza, you are aware that on December 22nd, the United Nations Security Council finally passed a resolution on the conflict, Resolution 2720, with a carefully diluted wording, to this time avoid a veto from the United States, which is one of the five permanent members of the Security Council, has the power to veto any resolution, and had exercised this veto on behalf of its client state Israel repeatedly. This time, the resolution, sponsored by the United Arab Emirates, avoided actually using the word ceasefire, much less immediate ceasefire, but instead called for steps to, quote, create conditions for a sustainable cessation of hostilities, end quote, in Gaza to uh, facilitate delivery of humanitarian aid. So the U.S. merely abstained rather than vetoing, and interestingly, also abstaining was Russia in protest of the resolution's failure to call for an immediate ceasefire. China voted for it, while also supporting a Russian-proposed amendment calling for an immediate ceasefire, which failed to pass, in deference to the United States. Uh, Just a couple of weeks earlier, on December 12th, the UN General Assembly passed a resolution calling for an immediate humanitarian truce. 
quote-unquote, with the U.S. and Israel voting against, because the United States has no veto power in the General Assembly. It wasn't able to veto. But General Assembly resolutions, unlike those of the Security Council, an essentially paralyzed institution at this point, are not considered to be binding. Of course, Russia and China voted for it, the General Assembly resolution. So, Russia and China are on the right side here, if for their own cynical reasons. Russia especially needs to play to the developing world, and especially the Arab world and Africa, as its blockade of Ukrainian grain is jacking up food prices and creating a crisis of hunger in these places. Uh, The United States cynicism is certainly more obvious. It is on the wrong side here, simply backing up its client state, Israel. And interestingly and predictably, these roles are neatly reversed in Burma, which is a client state of Russia and China. Although there are signs that now that the armed resistance is gaining ground, especially in the Northeast, China may be looking to hedge its bets. So this is what we're going to be looking at in this rant. And I hope that people will actually listen, because as stated, Burma has now become a third-tier conflict, just as Ukraine has been pushed from the headlines by Gaza, Burma had already been pushed from the headlines by Ukraine last year. But things are certainly escalating there. Okay, a couple of things to get out of the way. First, the name of the country, as discussed in our last podcast about Burma of September 16th, I call the country Burma. I am, so far at least, resisting the mandate to start calling it Myanmar, and let me explain my reasons. It was the damn SLORC, the State Law and Order Restoration Council, the brutal military junta that ruled from 1988 to 2011 that changed the name to Myanmar in a bogus play to nationalism, just like Mobutu changed the name of Congo to Zaire, only to have it changed back after he was deposed. And now Narendra Modi, for similar grandstanding and political reasons, is insisting that we all start calling India Bharat, which is being rejected by the opposition. The pro-democracy leader Aung San Suu Kyi always rejected the name Myanmar as regime propaganda and insisted on calling the country Burma. She only started calling it Myanmar during the period she was in power, from 2015 to the coup of 2021, when the new dictatorship took over. And it was also in this period that she was in power and had to get along with the armed forces that she started acquiescing in the military's campaign of genocide against the Rohingya people, which I think is very telling. 
So uh, I'm sticking with Burma. If any Burmese who are not supporters of the ruling junta wish to dissuade me on this, I'm willing to hear what you have to say. But for the moment, at least, I'm sticking with Burma. Now, since the coup of February 2021, Suu Kyi is under house arrest and the country has descended into civil war as an initially unarmed movement for restoration of democracy was met with serial deadly repression. But the one hopeful thing that has happened in this period is that the rebel parallel government that has emerged, the National Unity Government, or NUG, has officially embraced federalism, repudiating the Burman ethno-nationalist consensus of the former Suu Kyi government, and making common cause with the ethnic rebel armies in the mountains of the north, which had been waging intermittent insurgencies, really, throughout Burma's existence as an independent nation, demanding either their own independence from Burma, or, at a minimum, meaningful local autonomy in their own regions. And now the National Unity Government, the NUG, has embraced this latter demand for meaningful local autonomy, and the ethnic rebel armies and the pro-democratic resistance in Burma's heartland around the Irrawaddy Valley have closed ranks. So, progress. This is a good development. Now, you may not have noticed, but almost exactly a year ago, on December 21st, 2022, the UN Security Council passed a resolution condemning repression by the Burmese junta and calling for the release of political prisoners, including Aung San Suu Kyi. Resolution 2669, sponsored by the United Kingdom, passed by a vote of 12 in favor to none against, with three abstentions, China, Russia, and India. This was a shift for China and Russia, which that May had vetoed a similar resolution because it was too strongly worded. Sounds familiar? And in June 2021, the General Assembly passed its own resolution on Burma, condemning the coup to bypass a veto by Russia or China in the Security Council. Sound familiar? So that's the game being played, the similar game, kind of like a reverse image of the game now being played over Gaza. But now we get to the... um. Uh, bet hedging by China, as it were. The interesting development over the past several weeks is that the rebel armies in Shan State have joined in a self-declared three-brotherhood alliance, bringing together the Myanmar National Democratic Alliance Army, NDAA, the Tang National Liberation Army, TNLA, and the Arakan Army. And in late October, they jointly launched Operation 
1027, a major offensive that has been astonishingly successful. And they've actually seized several key border points between Burma and China, the biggest advance for the rebels and defeat for the junta since the coup of 2021 by far. And there seems to be a real threat that the regime could actually lose control, at least of this border zone in Shan State. And China's government announced December 14th that it had mediated a temporary ceasefire between the junta and the Three Brotherhood Alliance. None of the parties to the conflict have commented on this supposed ceasefire, but the fact that China is at least attempting to mediate one is very telling, especially as China has been a you know key ally and arms provider for the junta. Apparently, the war it has been fueling with arms shipments to the regime is now getting a little too close to home. Despite its efforts to broker a ceasefire in Shan State, China is continuing to conduct live-fire military drills on its side of the frontier. The drills aim to ensure, quote, that the People's Liberation Army is ready for any emergency, end quote, China's military said in a statement last month. And in a report on the exercises, Myanmar Now website, which is a very critical source to follow to understand the conflict, said that uh, these drills are indicative of an oscillation in Beijing's stance toward the junta. Okay, let's take a look at the um, constituent entities of the Three Brotherhood Alliance. First, the Myanmar National Democratic Alliance Army, MNDAA. They're the group that particularly puts Beijing in a pickle here because they are the army of the Kokang people who are ethnically Han Chinese, or at least very closely related to the Han. And over the years, Kokang peasants have periodically fled across the border into China's Yunnan province to escape the uh, government's counterinsurgency campaign. And on at least one occasion in March 2015, a Burmese fighter jet, a MiG-29, presumably supplied by Russia, carried out an airstrike on Chinese territory, ostensibly targeting Kokang, who had fled across the border, but killing four Chinese laborers working in a sugarcane field. And Chinese netizens at that time launched an online campaign for China's rulers to ditch the Burmese regime and come to the aid of the Kokang. Now, that was reported in the New York Times back in 2015, and political space in China has certainly closed since then, so I'm not sure to what degree this kind of pressure from below is still a factor, but nonetheless, very interesting. Next, the Tang National Liberation Army, TNLA, is seeking an autonomous homeland for the Tang people, as the name implies. 
That's uh, spelled T-A-apostrophe-A-N-G, the Tang, who appear to be related to the Khmer of Cambodia. And then we have the Arakan Army, whose traditional area of operations is not in Shan State, but in Arakan, or Rakhine State, as it has now been renamed, across Burma, east to west, on the border with Bangladesh. But they've apparently sent a contingent, a sizable contingent of fighters to Shan State to participate in the offensive there, Operation 1027. Now, the Arakan people are the majority ethnicity in Rakhine State, I believe. But this is also the state where the Muslim Rohingya people are, or were, before they were driven out in the regime's campaign of ethnic cleansing, with nearly a million now in refugee camps in Bangladesh. But the Arakan people are Buddhist, and many seem to have cooperated with or participated in the cleansing of the Rohingya. So it's a complicated situation. Both the Arakan army and the Arakan Rohingya Salvation Army, ARSA, the main Rohingya rebel group, have declared their support for the National Unity Government, the NUG, but they do not appear to get along with each other. Maybe that will change now that they are both allied with the parallel government, the NUG, but in this case, the rebels seem to have some of their own stuff to work out. I should mention two other significant ethnic rebel armies that are part of the general insurgency against the junta and now aligned with the NUG. The Kachin Independence Army, KIA, in Kachin State to the north of Shan, actually bordering Tibet, and the Karen National Union, KNU, in Kayin State to the south of Shan, in the Karen Hills along the border with Thailand. Being geographically more distant, Russia has a a less complicated relationship with the junta than China does. This November, Burma carried out its first ever joint naval exercises with Russia, just last month, off the country's Andaman coast. Junta leader, General Min Ong Hliang, met with Russia's Navy commander, Admiral Nikolai Evmenov, on board a destroyer a rather ominous development. So, once again, if Russia is for cynical reasons on the right side on Gaza, it is flatly on the wrong side in Burma. And for exactly the same reason that the U.S. is on the wrong side in Gaza, support of a client state. So, don't believe the hype that great powers are essentially motivated in their foreign policy by strategic considerations and not morality is axiomatic and even borders on the tautological. Washington's hypocrisy on Gaza should be a wake-up call for those advocates of democracy in Burma 
who may have illusions about U.S. intentions. And hopefully, Russian and Chinese support for the brutal junta in Burma will serve as an inoculation against Moscow's and Beijing's bid to buy the goodwill of the global South. As we've said many times before, a global divide-and-rule scam is the essence of the state system. Don't fall for it. Okay, this is our last podcast of 2023, a year that has given us all too much to rant about. Uh, I want to note that our year-end fund drive, in which we hope to raise a modest $500, a mere fraction of our annual operating cost, remains $140 short. So I want to thank those readers and listeners in New York City, Los Angeles, San Diego, Chicago, Hawthorne, New Jersey, Milan, Italy, and Gloucestershire, England, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, who have come through for us. But we need $140 more. And it's just two days to the end of the year. So someone, please come through for us. Three donations of $50 each would put us $10 over the top. But 14 donations of $10 each would be great too. Just go to countervortex.org and click on support us. Okay. And let's hope that 2024 gives us a little less to rant about. Although, it's hard to have much faith in that proposition. The counter-vortex will be here, attempting to provide some underreported facts and analytical clarity in any case. This has been Bill Weinberg with the counter-vortex. Check us out online at countervortex.org. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash countervortex. Join the Counter Vortex, join the resistance, and rant on you next time.